So settings, so down there at the bottom where you've got the camera icon, if you can do the little up arrow, yep. go to video settings and um, uh, click HD, just so we've got the, the oh, best. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, so I think everything else is probably good. Um, here. Okay, Andy. Yeah. Um, just just to confirm, uh, when we're putting all this together and editing, um, what would you want your uh, you you want Andrew on your on whenever we have the the title or whatever, or do you want Andy? Um, Andy's fine. Okay. Yeah. And and then NPS or it's it's. What's the written out name? Just MPS. Okay. Yep. Okay. Sweet. It, it means something, but we're doing a rebrand where it's. Oh, okay. Good to know. It's just the letters. So. Yeah. Very good to know. <clears throat> so I'm getting everything in position here, but I think we're almost good. Give me two seconds. I kind of make sure I. Sorry, I had to write something down on my notes. If my notes come into the screen again, Courtney, just let me know. Let's know. Yeah. Okay, guys. Um, so I'm going to uh, go off of camera and. Um, I'll also be on mute, but uh, Andy, if at any point you want to, you know, if you decide you want to say something a different way or whatever, feel free to just pause. Just give me enough of a pause yep. that I can That's easily right. edit that out. Yep. And um, then if anything, since we are recording, uh, if there are any audio or video glitches, I'll pipe in and just have you guys stop for a second and at that point, we'll go back to the start of whatever the question was or whatever the answer was that was in process at that time. So, all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go dark, and I'll see you guys after. All right. Nice. Hello, indoor world. Thank you so much for um, tuning into another episode of Indoor Voices. Um, today, we're gonna discuss uh, acoustics, and uh, we have Andy Vodder with us from uh, MPS. And uh, Andy, just to jump right in, could you start by telling all of us who are watching what MPS does and kind of what your role is? Sure, yeah, thanks for having me, absolutely. Um, my, my role is, you know, I, I run a company called MPS and we do uh, acoustical solutions for uh, interiors, uh, mostly corporate office environments. Um, we do branch out into schools, churches, healthcare, lobbies, you know, other areas. Um, but, uh, you know, we've been doing that for about 20 years, helping people with, uh, acoustical problems, privacy issues, distractions, things like that. There we go. Uh, 20 years in acoustics, which seems like such a niche market, but I'm, I'm sure like for the past 12 months, um, just like everything else, you guys were affected by COVID-19. Um, what does navigating COVID-19 look like for such a niche industry like acoustics? 
Well, of course, like many, it was a challenge, especially early on. It was, uh, you know, like I just said, we do a lot of corporate office. And so, what you know, we all know a year ago, everybody uh, left the corporate office and worked from home. And so that was a pretty big shock uh, at that time. Um, but we, we really looked at it and said, you know, what we do was the number one problem that people experienced up until there was a bigger problem, like a pandemic that scared people. So uh, we, we still knew what we did was important. We just wanted to figure out the best place to do it, the best way to do that. And so last year, we actually came out with a few work from home solutions that were acoustical and, and designed to help with privacy. Um, not really looking long term as that's going to be who we were, but we, we did want to help people that that needed help there. Um, and then we just started thinking about what's the new world going to look like? And that started early on last year. You know, at some point, people are going to start coming back to the office. What types of things are going to be on their mind as it relates to privacy, acoustics, and COVID-19? And so we, we started kind of really getting creative about how we were going to help companies in that space once they get back to the office. And so we're starting to get there now, a year later, uh, more and more people are moving back or at least planning to move back. And so uh, that's kind of where we're, we're finding ourselves now. Yeah. So the, the funny part is, again, acoustics being such a niche market, we'll get into some more interesting stuff. But do you think it's going to be on the radar for facility managers when folks come back to work? Absolutely, it will be. And, and here's why. Um, so, of course, the first thing that's on everybody's mind is, is COVID and safety and making sure that people are, are safe coming back to the office. Um, but we've all been working from home so much this last year. Uh, you know, we were joking before we started that our kids bother us and, you know, they don't bother us, but they're always in, in there. But overall, working at home is less distracting for most people than working in a, especially an open environment, like a cubicle environment or open workstation. And so um, that, that's going to be a, a big point of focus once people get back. So the way I see it, facility managers are certainly worried about protecting people keeping them safe, making sure that the environment's going to be right from a COVID-19 standpoint. But as soon as all those people actually show up and actually are physically working there again, I think very quickly, uh, distractions, privacy, and acoustical issues is going to move very quickly up that radar because people, at the contrast of people working at home for so long, coming back to having, you know, cubicle mates and people around that are, are they're overhearing their conversations that's going to be pretty hot. And the biggest thing that we see is facility managers are wanting to reduce the excuses that people have to go back home. So if they can, if they can kind of eliminate a lot of that low hanging fruit where it's like, well, I can hear my neighbor. This is so annoying. I'm going back home. Um, and, and, and they can, they can have plans for how to address some of those issues. Uh, they're going to make, they're going to have whatever they're planning to do as far as keeping people in the office, whatever their schedule is, is going to work if they can reduce the number of excuses and complaints and concerns that legitimate concerns that that employees have. Yeah, that's an interesting way to kind of think about all that. I think also with 2020 and 2021, we've seen with disinfection, people are really focused on health. Now you've had lots of uh, I guess you could take building, uh, green building organizations or healthy building organizations kind of really ramp up because of people coming back to work. One of those is the International Well Building Institute. And I was super interested in it. 
And it caught me off guard that they had like an entire comfort section in their, in their standard as a major feature. Um, and it cited noise as a leading source of dissatisfaction. What are we missing um, when we're entering into the indoor environment when it comes to this comfort and this sound? Yeah, that, that's a really, I mean, you and I go way back. So it's just pretty cool that we connected on that level because we're really interested in the, in the, uh, the well-building uh, design standards. And it actually goes back to some of the lead standards that, that originated out of the uh, green building initiatives and, and things like that. Um, but what they discovered, the very first uh, iteration of that didn't include acoustics. Because uh, it, was, it was, everybody was thinking about, we need to build space that is more open, allows more natural light, uh, is better ventilated for breathing. They wanted to get, give people views of the outside. And so they completely shifted how they built office, office space. Very rarely, the newer design, the green building designs, didn't have private offices around the outside. So only executives got to take advantage of outdoor views and then cubicles inside. They reversed that and put the workstations around the outside. So everybody gets to view the, the windows and then the private offices were, were bundled inside. But they like it was like year one, they did that as a standard. And by year two, they were like, hmm, everybody hates it. It's, <laughs> and they hate it because they can overhear everything and it's very distracting. And so uh, they, they've started to listen to acoustical consultants, to companies like us, to customers, the people that live in those spaces and incorporate those in some of the standards, really looking at each year, each standard that, that gets um, improved on, we notice that there's more attention given, more detail given to acoustics and, and, and how, to, how to build out spaces properly. Pause for just a second. I got to get rid of a salesperson that's at the door. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to tell him to like go away, like my hands are like back here. I'm trying to tell him to go away and he was just like ding 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 and I'm like seriously. All right. <laughs> Dude, that was a sweet question. All right. Andy, with all of the stuff that's come through with international well-building, is there a link between sound and health? Absolutely there is, yeah. Um, when, you, when you look at people's health, and we're, we're really starting to understand this more and more, uh, it has so much more to do than just going to the doctor and and am I sick or not? You know, we're starting to realize health has a lot to do with your mental state, your stress levels, um, you know, the, those indicators that, that make you a healthy human aren't just, aren't just what the doctor can measure at, at, at the doctor's office, although those are, those are also affected. So uh, there's been several studies done of people in an office environment, especially a distracting one, where people were in, we'll say, a noisy environment, where they could overhear other conversations, and it was kind of a, a, a space where they didn't have much privacy. And they, there's one study done in particular several years ago where they, they measured the physical symptoms of stress on the employees that were in this space. Uh, and they, I mean, like heart rate, blood pressure, even different, uh, you know, the blood work levels of, of stress indicators. And they noticed that people that were exposed to longer periods of distracting open office environments 
literally had higher levels of all of those physical symptoms of stress. Um, and they, when they were able to put them in quieter or more um, shorter amounts of time in those active environments, they saw those numbers decline significantly. So um, it, it's, it's absolutely a, a health concern. And more and more people are understanding that. But for me to work in an office space my entire life, I've got to be thinking about how stress is affecting me and how my mental state is day in and day out in that environment. Um, and that's where the well-building standards are really coming into play. They're thinking about that. It's not just I have a job and a desk and a paycheck, but my employer and the designers that design the space that I work in were thinking about my mental health and my physical stress and all those things that impact me on a daily basis. It, it's pretty exciting when you think about it just overall, because, you know, while we all want to work to make a paycheck, it's really nice to know that there's much more science and thought and care into our well-being long-term. Um, and, it, it, you know, it's fantastic to think about that, that we can actually affect that simply by thinking about how much noise and how the space is designed and where people are working. So... I know you're a very solution-oriented guy. So what complaints do your customers, you know, do you help your customers with? When the phone rings and your customer says, I have a need, what are those complaints that you're helping people with? Sure. Um, we, we do all sorts of things, but I'll give you kind of the, the, the most frequent ones that we hear. And it really boils down to two, maybe three things. Uh, one, and probably the most um, impactful thing that we do is what kind of what I've been talking about, trying to reduce distractions in open office environments, because that impacts a lot of people and it impacts their well-being and stress levels. So if they're not, it's not as easy to overhear conversations happening around you, you're going to be more focused, less distracted. That's financially a really good move for a company. So it ROIs well. And so that's kind of the number one thing that we do is we have a big open space with lots of people and they're all complaining because they can hear each other and it's distracting. And so we, we, we drastically improve that environment through acoustical solutions. The second thing that we do, which is probably just as important, it just affects people a little bit differently, is privacy. There, there are, I mean, just the way that we build walls and doors, you know, I mean, we've all been there, right? Where someone closes their office door and we can all still hear everything that's being said or, you know, there's an interview happening in the conference room and you're the one waiting next out in the lobby and you can hear everything that's being asked. So you're jotting down the questions so you can, you know, those the, or your competitors in there and you know what they're saying. There's a lot of issues that go along with that. Uh, and then not to mention HR and, and true privacy concerns that, that, that come through. Um, we have solutions that, that we design and implement that help improve and almost guarantee privacy in certain environments. So you know you can go shut the door and have a conversation and people on the other side won't be able to hear. Those are probably the two biggest things that we do that we, you know, I, I would say complaints that actually have a financial impact, right? So there's one thing if just people are complaining, but if people are complaining and it's negatively impacting the business financially, that's, you know, those are two things that the business is typically gonna move on. Uh, the third thing that we do is more of the noise buildup, the echoey spaces, the conference rooms where video conference technology doesn't work because it's too echoey. No one wants to go in there because the phones don't work. Um, situations like that, break rooms that get so noisy, people don't want to go in there. Um, 
and those are those are other areas that we help. Uh, and so those three are really, I would say, encompass probably 90% of, of the complaints or requests that we get. No, that, that's awesome. So you've taken us kind of through a lot of interior uh, noise. Does MPS do anything with like exterior noise? We, we don't. Um, <clears throat> and it's not that we can't. Uh, it's just that we really focused on where I think the biggest need is. And the reason why that's so important is <clears throat> exterior noise is typically some sort of mechanical noise, right? It's a, it's a road, uh, a train, an airport, uh, something like that. Uh, and, and those sounds as humans, we actually can tune out a lot better than conversational distractions. So um, if, if I'm next to the highway and there's just kind of road noise all the time, my brain over time will start to ignore that sound until I go on vacation and come back and, you know, or go work from home for a year, come back, that road noise is going to be really annoying. Uh, but I, I'll, I'll quickly learn how to tune that out. When people are talking and I can understand what they're saying, our brains are just programmed to, to communicate. And so we hear that language. And before we know it, we're, we want to hear about last weekend and tell me all the cool things you did. Uh, and, and, you know, I forgot what I was doing because I'm listening to that conversation over there. Um, and so when you, when you rank kind of where the actual problems affect people in an office space, way more often it's other people in the office space than it is exterior noise coming in. Now, if you're building a building, you want to think about both of those things because there are certainly things that can be done to reduce that exterior noise from coming in. But as a company, we've looked and said, those conversational distractions are the, the biggest issue. And how do we help? How do we help there? Your answers give like so many aha moments as to, oh, yeah, that makes sense when I'm in my office. Um, when it comes to sound masking, um, what, uh, what does MPS does? And is there any particular that you guys lean towards? So sound masking is a, a technology that has been around for over 50 years. The government invented it. The DOD invented it to protect secret military conversations in the 60s. Um, and, and so corporations have used it now. We've, we and others have perfected it to uh, make it comfortable and work in an office environment. But what it is, is we're actually introducing sound into a space. Believe it or not, most of the problems that happen from a distraction and acoustic issue is not that it's too noisy, it's that it's too quiet. And that, that's counterintuitive to most people. They, they call us and say, I can hear everybody, it's too noisy. And I walk in and we're all whispering. I'm like, oh, we're whispering because we can all hear each other. So, you know, we, we, we address that often by introducing a background sound. It kind of sounds like air conditioning. It used to be called white noise. Like back in the day, they would put white noise in buildings. Um, but white noise is actually pretty annoying. And so we've mimicked HVAC sounds. You walk into a building, your brain immediately thinks you're hearing air conditioning. It tunes it out. But by elevating the background sound, those conversations become less noticeable and less intelligible and therefore less distracting. So it's, it's that age old saying, if it's so quiet, you can hear a pin drop. Well, then of course I can hear that person talking 40 feet away. And so uh, we, we try and remove that as best we can. And that's what sound masking does. So we actually include a sound into the space um, that covers over all those distracting conversations. It's, it's pretty wild stuff. And the demo is great because what you do is you bring someone in when it's on and they don't know it because their brain assumes it's air conditioning. 
And then you just say, you want to demo what sound masking is like? And you turn it off. And all of a sudden, it's like you get hit with this silence, deafening silence. And all of a sudden, now you can hear everybody. And it's kind of a fun way to show how the technology works. That's, that's great. I Again, one more maybe technical thing. Does, does MPS do like sound mapping? Hey, this is where your sound's coming from. This is what you need to do with it. Do you guys get that nitty gritty? So we could, we could, but there's a, there's a, a whole industry out, out there called acoustical consultants that do just that. They come in and they measure and map and then build um, you know, recommendations based off of that. And we have chosen not to be acoustical consultants. And so we actually work alongside a lot of them. So we don't do it just because, you know, when you work alongside someone that does, you don't want to take their business away from them. So, uh, you know, we recommend that an acoustical consultant come in and do that. That doesn't mean I've not done it and we, we haven't done it. But the interesting thing about sound, too, it can be extremely complicated and every space is unique. And there are some spaces that are so crazy unique, you need to come in and map everything out. It needs to be statistically measured everywhere and, and mapped out. But most spaces, especially when you're talking about office space, have really consistent standard environments, right? I mean, your office, I can see, has drop ceiling about 10 feet. I'm sure you have carpet with no padding underneath, drywall walls. It looks very similar to our office um, and most offices out there. Well, then we can use a one-time mapping to, to extrapolate to a, the 80-20 rule, right? 80% of the jobs we do are going to be that kind of environment. And it gets pretty easy for us to um, quickly and inexpensively make recommendations based off of historical you know, understanding of spaces. And then that 20%, sometimes you need to bring in an acoustical consultant to map it out and to really uh, hit some specific frequencies and to solve some specific problems. Um, so it goes from being really kind of simple all the way to like PhD, you know, crazy complicated type stuff. Um, but again, we try and make it as simple as possible, as often as possible. Yeah, no, but, but that's great, though, because you guys are the experts, right? And for those of you out there, um, I, I think you guys, Andy, at MPS, you actually do write some continuing education units for architects and designers. What are some big points that you guys make in kind of that education session about acoustics? Yeah, so, it, you know, we talked about wellness. And so it's a certified uh, health safety wellness um, course. So it's it's one of the ones that really points out the health benefits to addressing acoustics. So the one we've done for a couple of years is really about teaching about privacy and how to design for privacy. So we kind of do what I just told you, like we, we teach architects and designers that 80% rule. If you just incorporate some of these principles into your overall plan, it's going to be better than if you hadn't done that. That's kind of the goal of the presentation. You know, we're not trying to turn them into acoustical consultants. We're not trying to help them solve every acoustic problem. We're trying to get them just to think about a couple basic principles early on in the process, and they'll they'll eliminate a lot of potential issues down the road. So that's that's the one we've done. And then we're actually about to launch a new CEU that deals with designing for acoustics post-COVID. So it, it, it really looks into, all right, let's look at COVID-19 and what it has done to us and to our offices and to our workforce and how do we plan and design for acoustics 
with that in mind. So, you know, of course, everything seems to have changed after 2020. So um, we wanted our CEU to, to address some of those new challenges that, are, that we're seeing out there. All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull you into my world for a little bit. So my world is, is flooring um, and uh, polished concrete and LVT are making their way into the market steadily. Some folks uh, are removing carpet saying carpet's dying, but does MPS follow around some renovations where there's just a lot of hard surface? Cause I could, I could imagine the decibel level is kind of through the roof in those facilities. Yeah. So, um, of course, a lot of what we do is a standard office, still the drop tile, the, the carpet tiles. Um, but you're right. More and more, we're seeing wood floors, exposed concrete ceilings, you know, LVT or tile all over the place. Um, you know, yeah. Polished concrete floor. They look, gorgeous. I mean, I know why they're doing it, right? I mean, it's just fantastic uh, looking. <clears throat> and yet, uh, that, that kind of goes back to our CEU a little bit. We're, we're trying to educate designers about thinking about the impacts that, that those choices that you make for visual reasons have on the acoustics, which then you tie that to what that has to your health and well-being as an employee. Um, not to mention complaints and issues that facility managers have to deal with. I mean, it, it kind of has a pretty impactful trickle-down effect. Um, so we're, we're, we're constantly working to educate architects and designers, but also working on projects where they're, they're getting a lot smarter. I mean, I would say four or five years ago, it was like we had to educate everybody to do this. Now, more and more designers and architects are bringing this in to incorporate the right products into the space while they think about how do we keep this exposed look? This, this, we really want to keep this concrete floor. So, but we know if we do that, we probably don't want to encase that room in glass. And they're already starting to understand just those basic principles. And so then they say, okay, we can keep the floor, but we're going to want to do this in the ceiling, or we're going to want to do this on the wall to kind of counteract what we're going to do with the floor or vice versa, the ceiling's exposed. So we want to, you know, that, that's a big, big thing that's going on. Um, but we still see it. We still see customers that, you know, they just moved into a space. They have 13 conference rooms that are gorgeous. I mean, they really look cool, but no one's scheduling them. No one's using them. And they're frustrated because people are literally having meetings in the workstations, like huddled around a, a computer screen when there's a beautiful conference room over here. And it's because polished concrete floor, three walls of glass and drywall ceiling. And they're like, yeah, it, you you can't do anything in there. You hear yourself eight times before it stops bouncing off the walls. And so that, that's a very common issue. Um, and when you think about flooring and, and where that's headed, uh, carpet, I don't think is going anywhere, but it, it is certainly diversifying into some other, other things. And the importance is on a, from the flooring side, would, I think would be to reiterate that same message to architects and designers that when you go with these solutions, let's also think about what impacts that's gonna have. And they're totally addressable. You can totally design it from the beginning to be the best space. You just have to be thinking about it. You gotta, you gotta understand the consequences of, of all those decisions. And, and that's, that's where we try and educate as often as we can. I love it. It's like win one for carpet, cause that's, that's my world. Um, all right, one last question for you. For all of us working from home, what can we do to make sure that background noise from our little ones doesn't make it on Zoom calls? Oh, gosh. If I had the answer, I'd be at my house right now doing this interview. But uh, um, 
So I'm going to start with, I'll tell you a couple things not to do or that just don't work and will be a waste of money. <clears throat> Putting like an acoustic panel on your door is, is going to do nothing. It really will do nothing. Um, it, 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 acoustic panels are designed to absorb sound. So in order to do that, they have to let the sound in, which means whatever they don't absorb goes right through it. And so it doesn't stop sound from going through a door at all. Uh, and I, I've seen a lot of people waste money on that and then be annoyed that it didn't even do anything. Um, so you're actually better off uh, incorporating some sort of background sound because ho homes are very quiet typically, you know, and I have wood floors in my house. So like someone says something on the other side, you, you hear everything. And so uh, one of the things that I utilize is a, a small sound masking white noise machine in my office at home. It just sounds like a little fan is going, but I'm not getting cold by having a giant fan blow on me. But it's the same concept, right? People like to sleep with a fan on, so it kind of drowns out all those little creaks and sounds that wake us up at night. Um, same principle works in your home office. Uh, some, you could just turn a fan on and it will drastically improve uh, the, or reduce the distractions that you might be hearing. Um, you know, a lock on the door, making sure your kids can't just burst in, that would be my favorite. Uh, it has nothing to do with acoustics, but <laughs> um, those are really the two. And then the other thing that we that we've seen work for work from home because not everybody has a dedicated office where they can close the close the door and kind of isolate. They're at the kitchen table or they're you know at the kitchen countertop. And so um, we we've had some some nice acoustic screens that are like freestanding. So you can kind of and, and I use that during the early parts of COVID. Uh, and I, I really liked it because what it did for me was it just created the shroud. It helped absorb sound and reduce um, the noise level, but also it just kind of made me feel like I wasn't noticing all the stuff at home that distracts me. Like I could put that in front of, you know, behind my laptop, in front of my eyes, and it, it made it so I wasn't seeing the TV over there. I wasn't seeing the fridge. I, I wasn't being distracted. I felt, and it was, you know, we, we all remember this, like, late March, early April, I, I was doing that and I was, I would be done working and I'd be like, I actually felt like I was in the office today. You know, it was, and it was an amazing day. I, I felt like I wasn't working quarantining at the home. And, and so that's another thing that I've seen work. It works for me very well. Um, especially where you have, if you have multiple people having to work from home, you know, a couple high schoolers having to school at home and then both parents that, that can get the dedicated office doesn't really work anymore. And so, Creating visual separation is a big, big help. So those are those are the things that have worked. Um, it's not ideal in most cases. We're seeing a pickup a little bit of construction, home construction, uh, acoustical things being incorporated now because people are building homes and renovating homes, thinking about dual offices and how do they make them good for Zoom and all that. Um, and so they're, they're, that's happening. I don't know how long that will I don't, I don't know if it's a fad or if it's here to stay. It's, it's really hard to know. We don't know anything, right? We're just trying to listen and learn every day. That's, that's my goal, so. Yeah, but you really helped us. I mean, full answers on, again, this thing that some people just don't think through called acoustics. So I appreciate it, Andy. We've, we've been able to really delve into something that most of us really don't think about and then really come, with, uh, come away with some really practical solutions, both for office, and then even that last question from home. So I appreciate you being on. I appreciate you exploring the great indoors with us today, Andy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
Guys, that was so Before good. You got that? Yes, that was awesome. Um, do you do you want to think about doing a teaser? Do you want to even attempt that, or do we want to save that for some other time? No, I don't mind doing a teaser. I'm just trying to figure out like what we would put in the teaser. Like, like I just try and figure out. Like, and Andy, you you might you can brainstorm with me. I'm like, okay, so we could tell people. Like, I could do like a five second hey, we're going to have Andy Vodder on for, and we're going to explore acoustics for, in, you know, for indoor voices. Andy, give us a little bit that was going to want to make us watch this interview. I, what do you think, Courtney? Yeah, something like that. Or, or yeah, it can either be just a, a quick, you know, snapshot of what you guys have already talked about or. Um, I'm thinking more of like um, marketing where you're like the answer to the top Question that yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. We're yes. Just... The, the the top acoustical answers are going to be given to us by Andy Vodder. Andy, can you tell us what we might be able to go through in this? And what we'll what we'll go through in this interview, and maybe like a yeah. No, I think that's good. I think that's good. Top questions you've never explored in acoustics. And I'll tell you this much, Andy, Courtney really likes you because she's not done this with any of the other folks and we've done two of these already. Jesus. <laughs> I know you can handle it. Jesus. <laughs> no, this is a fun break. I've been dealing with yeah. inventory issues, finance, people problems, and so to break away and get the yeah. More fun. No, this one's this one's been super smooth too. I think this is going to be fantastic. Yeah, Brian ruined it. We would have had a um, one take, but, uh, you know. <laughs> we would have had one take. We would have had one take, it, and it totally was completely outside of like what normally like breaks the, the breaks all of the stuff. Like a couple times it was it was uh, uh, technology, but and then one time the owner came in, she didn't know it was recording, but she just went over there. Um, I need to tell them like, hey, I'm going to be recording. Um, so then therefore we're a little bit more proactive of what we're doing. All right, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, um, how do I open this? Indoor world. Something like in this episode will be, you know, whatever, whatever. You're going to, and you want to put like next episode so that you can launch it before this one comes out? No, because it'll. This will be ideally if this works out, and if it doesn't, then I'll I'll use what I have. But ideally, I want this to be what goes on social media to point them to the full episode. Okay, so I'm going to say something like indoor world. In this episode, we're going to talk about the top questions related to acoustics, something not normally thought about, and we're going to go through that with Andy Vodder from NPS. Andy, any. Uh, should I ask him a question? What question should I ask? Uh, um. My mind is going to, if you just kind of say, we're going to be exploring some of the, the top issues facing office space, I, I would let me, let me bring the acoustics into it. So like you say, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Be that might be good. I love it. Facing yeah. Some of the top questions facility managers are facing Andy, tell us what this what this is going to be about or whatever, and I can just say, most people don't don't think about it, but acoustics is one of the number one concerns that people have. Oh, look at you! That's perfect. 
and and we'll be we'll be talking about how we plan for it, how we solve certain issues, and what you can do about it. And then, this is why you're the expert. <laughs> That's why I'm a sales guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. So top issues in office space, and you don't want me to say you don't want me to say next episode, Courtney, right? You just want me to say we're going to explore. You can say this episode, but not next episode. Okay. So it, it's okay. 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 I'm going to do that. All right, here we go. Indoor world. In this episode, we're going to explore top issues in office space. And we're going to bring on Andy Vodder to help us. Andy? Today, we're going to look at how acoustics is one of the number one things that people experience as a negative issue in the office and how to address it and what can be done to solve some of those problems. Join us for Indoor Voices. That works. How's that, Courtney? Good. Yeah, no, absolutely. That works. Love it. Sweet. Perfect. Done and done Thanks, and out. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Like seriously, we're gonna do we're gonna do acoustics too coming up here soon as uh, as people get back uh, <laughs> get back to work. So, so. Um, whenever uh, whenever I get the edited version ready to go, um, we'll send you a preview so you, you can take a look and, and let us know anything. Um, you know, if it, that was so smooth, I can't imagine that there would be any issues. But uh, you know, just so that you get a preview. And um, then when we're ready to publish it, you know, we'll, we'll get it out on social media. You can share it on your social if you want. Um, but yeah, great. Awesome. And then once you've shared it and, and can, can I get the, vi the video file and audio 100%. file? 100%. Because we'll, we'll remarket it. Love it. Backwards once you've done that. So Yeah, no, that sounds fantastic. Awesome. Andy, I got a question for you, man. Um, so... Courtney and I, my boss, were like brainstorming. We were like, what topics do we want to talk about? And um, my boss brought up one that I, again, once again, didn't even think about it being a big deal in the office space. But ergonomics, do you know anybody who does ergonomics? Mm -hmm. Well, believe it or not, our owner. Do you think they would do something like this? Yeah, our owner, before we, before he started this company, that's what he did was ergonomics. But Really? That was a long, long time ago. Um, let me think because human scale is like known the world as, oh, as yeah, ergonomic yeah. experts. In fact, I know there are two executives left during COVID. I don't know if you know, they, they're in other other companies now. I'm trying to think of yeah. I'll I'll uh I know I know the Dallas sales girl, so she could either do it or point you in the right direction, but I'm sure they'd be they'd be happy to. It's too bad those other guys are gone. Perfect. I could have been like, hey, do this now. But um, I'll still hunt it down for you. They're, they're the best one. I mean, there's okay. other, but human scale, that's, that's how they sell is through ergonomics. That's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. So Steve brought up ergonomics. I'm like, that would be beautiful. I said, that would be a great one to do. So I was like, and I... I wasn't sure if it related to you. I was like, like Andy would know. So I was like, let me ask him. Okay. And then let me know. And then think about, I don't know who I could point you to, but like just topics to have on your mind is yeah. like the hot button right now is neurodiversity. Like 
having a space that works for people on the spectrum of autism wow. all the way to people that are off the spectrum. And really? Yeah. I would not have known that, that but it, it kind of makes sense because I, I do think you're seeing more of a focus on that. That's really interesting. Everybody's trying to think of what, you know, like from a design standpoint, what's yeah. that next most inclusive thing? And I think that's, there's a lot of science around. You can mm -hmm. build a space that is better uh, for people on the spectrum and so they can maximize their their abilities. I, I think as they are realizing that more people are on the spectrum than they realized. Yeah, so it affects more people than, than you know, yeah. So I don't yeah, know who to point you to, but, but that might be uh, something to add to the list. If yeah, you for sure. It, so. It's going on it. It's going on it. <laughs> awesome. All right, man. I appreciate it. So we'll awesome. we'll uh, we'll get this over to you pretty soon. Thanks a bunch. All right. Thanks a lot. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah.